you'll take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 13, please. We're looking at the thin blue line. As you've already seen, this day is about honoring you men and women who protect and serve our community and our state. It is unfortunate and wrong that law enforcement has been denigrated, not only during the recent past, but at certain times throughout the history of our country. We're here to do just the opposite of that today. We're here to give honor to whom honor is due. As with any profession, perfection cannot be achieved. Officers, deputies, patrolmen, and agents are real people with real families. You live real lives. And while you have a responsibility different from the rest of the community, you can and do relate to the community in which you serve because you are part of it. Today we express our respect and support for you as individuals and the work that you do. Today is designed to celebrate you. Believers, born-again believers, have a unique relationship with law enforcement because we know that your work is not only vital to the community, but your work is ordained by God and expressed in His Word. Here's what Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So today, we look to the wisdom of God about the work of being a peacemaker, law enforcement, those of the thin blue line. Romans 13 and verse 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. Uh, whoever resists uh, the authorities resist what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is an authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on wrongdoer, the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Most people have some tie to law enforcement. Most people do. There is a friend, there is a relative, there is a neighbor, there's someone 
close to most everyone who serves in law enforcement, as I've already shared with you. My father-in-law served 50 years on the police force of Nashville, Tennessee. That's probably a record that will not be broken there. It may be broken elsewhere, but that's one of those long-term things. I know that Sheriff Campbell served in law enforcement overall for 50 years or 50-plus years, I believe, which was amazing for such a young man, but uh, he served for a very long time. Jan and I have a son who's a police officer in South Florida. Law enforcement is truly a calling, and it's one that's answered by a few. I was talking to a, a man and his wife who came in earlier before the service began. He's a Leon County Sheriff's deputy. And I asked him how long he had served as a sheriff's deputy, and he said, somewhere around a year. And then he said, I just feel like it's my calling. And I said to him, most people in law enforcement feel like it's their calling. And I will say this about law enforcement. It will remain great as long as people are called to it. And that is a good thing for you to be called into law enforcement. There have been a lot of of uh, people who have served, who are, are surrounding us. It is a responsibility that is great, and it has inherent dangers, and they are even greater. And so for a few minutes, I just want to consider what it means to be a law officer and how you relate to certain things as given in the Word. First of all, the officer and government. Now, you can put in there deputy and government. You can put in there Uh, uh, agent and government. You can put whatever you may be in regard to that, but you're all sworn, uh, uh, sworn officers. Have you ever wondered how the idea of government, laws, and law enforcement got its start? How did that begin? Well, it got its start where everything got its start. In the beginning, God. God made everything. I do not bend or break or try to be politically correct about creation. I believe very strongly all of the Bible from cover to cover, and it starts with, in the beginning, God created, and it ends with, even so, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. And I believe it from cover to cover. I don't have a right to believe the Christmas story and not believe the creation account. And so we look at the idea of government and where it began. First of all, it was ordained by God. There are many institutions considered vital, if not sacred, in our daily lives. We must have schools. We certainly must have hospitals and and businesses and a lot more. But there are three institutions on the earth that God Himself began. There are three institutions on the earth that God Himself started. Let me tell you what they are. First of all, God began the home. It was God who created the home. It's God who defines the home. That's the first institution on the earth. God decided how it would be made up, and God decided how it should run. God decided what it should be. Now, there have been a lot of modifications to the home, but none of them are an improvement on the design of God. What God designed is what is still the home in God's eyes. Since it has 
begun, there have been no improvements on God's plan. What is God's plan? Well, here it is. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over birds of the, uh, of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God instituted the home. God ordained the home. Another institution that God created for His glory and for His purposes is the church. We saw that a couple of Sundays ago here in our church as we looked at the day of Pentecost. But even more, the ordination and creation of the, uh, of the church uh, beyond that was the creation of government. God created government. The work of government, whether done well or not, is ordained of God. Now, I want to say that again. The work of government, whether ordained or, or, or whether uh, done well or not, is ordained of God. Now, I always hasten to say this because we live in the United States of America. We have the privilege to change the people who are in charge. If someone is in charge that we no longer want in charge and the election cycle comes up, we can retain them or we can release them and get somebody else. I'm glad that we live in that form of government. That being said, we are still subject to the laws and to those who are uh, in charge of the laws and those who are in charge of government, whether we voted for that person holding office or not. You don't get to say to someone, I didn't vote for you, so I'm not going to listen to you. We, most importantly to this day, the work and the men of, and women of law enforcement is ordained of God. God ordained the work that you do. So, when you approach someone and your badge is showing, or you've revealed your identification to them, you should understand, and they should understand, that you are there ordained of God. God didn't pull the lever that put you into to office, but you are ordained of God once you got there. It's important for you to know that. Here's the second thing. Not only should we understand that you're ordained by God, but law enforcement should be obeyed by the community. Regarding the laws of society, there are those who who make the laws and those who enforce the laws, and then all of us, including the makers and the enforcers, must obey the laws. Here's the way we say that. No one is above the law. Isn't that the way that works, Judge? No one is above the law. We're all subject to it. Years ago, I had the privilege of serving on the Leon County Grand Jury. It was one of the most interesting and rewarding experiences as a citizen that I've ever had. You learn a lot when you have the opportunity to be part of the chain of law. You who are sworn officers, you see lawbreakers every day. You also see those who obey the law. Hopefully, and I think it is true, that most people obey rather than disobey the law. Now, that being said, we've all had our moments, and those moments are outside of the plan and the ordination of God. The officer and the government represented are ordained by God. 
And so it's important for us to see that the government that's around us and the officers representing that government are ordained by God. Here's the second thing. The officer and the good. We've seen the officer and the government. Now what about the officer and the the good? Briefly, let's look at verse 4 again. For he is God's servant for good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. People who do good, who live right and obey the law, well, they have no reason to fear the badge. If you're obeying the law, there's no reason to be afraid of the one that carries the badge. There's no reason to be afraid of of that person or what that person represents. I have a great friendship with a family in Argentina. I've known them for several years now. They're in a a Christian ministry there. They're Argentine, wonderful, wonderful people. The daughter who is in her mid-20s calls me her American dad. She came to the United States and came to see Mrs. Ray and and myself and, and spent several days with us. She calls us her American family. And when our son, who's in law enforcement, began his career, she sent me a text from Argentina, and she said, well, I'm so glad for him, but isn't law enforcement dangerous? And I wrote back to her, and I said, Andrea, he wears a bulletproof vest, carries two guns and a taser, a steel rod that will break bones, and has more in his car. I think he's the one who's dangerous. She wrote back, and if you know any Spanish, ja, 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 which means ha, 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 ha. I've never looked at an officer's duty belt and considered that that officer is going to shoot me or tase me. I've never thought about that. Uh, on, on Friday nights here at the football games, we have sheriff's deputies, and, and there's never been a time when I thought to myself, you know what? If I turn my back, that, that dude right there is going to tase me. I've never thought about that. I've never thought about being pepper sprayed. I've never thought about being shot. Now, there's a reason that I don't think about those things. It's because that I do my best to obey the law. And there's no reason for me to be shot. There's no reason for me to be uh, tased. I just try to obey uh, the law. You may have a different experience than that. The Bible says that if we do wrong, we should be afraid. Here's what the book of Proverbs says on the subject. Proverbs 28 and verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. It's pretty hard to have much patience with when lawbreakers complain about the police. The best way to make law enforcement your friend is to obey the law. That's just the best way to do it. Now look. There is no social good in smashing store windows and looting stores in the name of some cause. There's no social good in that. I'm glad we live in America. I'm glad that we have free speech. I'm glad for all of those things. But I want to tell you, as long as you do good, you can say the things that you want to say and hopefully affect change the way you want to affect it. But when you step over the line and break the law, then... You should fear the sword. You should fear the taser. You should fear whatever else it may be. 
we thank you for standing against the evil. And we want to do our part to be those people who are glad to see you. We want to be those people. I'll, I'll tell you what's, what's an interesting thing. When you're going down the interstate in your patrol car or your cruiser or whatever it may be, your marked car, and no one will pass you. <laughs> Here's what that means. They normally go about 90 miles an hour. When someone will pass you about five miles an hour faster than you, they normally obey the law. That's just the way that it is. I understand five miles an hour faster. You, you understand. But that's the way that it works. I despise it when I see lawbreakers bunching up behind a police officer because it means I'm not going to get where I need to go <laughs> in the time that I need to get there. And at that moment, I do think about breaking the law. But anyway, <laughs> we've seen the officer and the government, the officer and the good. Let's finish with, yes, I said finish, with the officer and God. In the text we read from Romans 13, there are several key phrases telling us of the relationship of the officer and God. Verse 1, there is no authority except from God. Verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Verse 4, for he is God's servant for your good. Verse 7, pay to all what is owed to them. Again in verse 7, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. I take three important lessons from this. First of all, as we've already said, the officer represents God. There's something to learn about life that makes everything work better. I hope you young people learn this. I hope we teach this uh, in, in uh, our church in North Florida Christian School. And that is that we salute the uniform, not necessarily the person wearing the uniform. Now, to all of you who wear the uniform, you want to be a person who can be saluted as well. But the reality is, that we salute the uniform. And here's what's happening today. In our society, people are not even seeing the uniform in a, the light that they should be seeing it, Sheriff. They have a tendency to draw back. They have a tendency to bristle up today. We need to be teaching our children, again, to salute the uniform, to salute the position, to salute the authority. It's better when we can salute both, but make no mistake about it, the uniform represents authority, and that authority does come from God. This is motivation for you and all that wear the uniform to be good people. Nevertheless, the uniform represents God whether you're good people or not. It represents that, as we said earlier, you are ordained of God. The officer in God, you represent God. You, you hopefully relate to God. Most law enforcement agencies have some relationship to a pastor or a chaplain. Now, there's several reasons for this. For one, the need for officers to talk to someone who can offer a higher perspective than what they see every day. It doesn't take long to become wearied with what you see every day. It doesn't take long to become jaded by the people 
who are in the streets and the people that you encounter every day. By that, by the time you have heard as many lies as the average patrol or traffic officer hears, as well as the, the rest of you, by the time you hear all of these lies, it's easy to think that the whole world is lying. However, not everyone is a liar. There are some people who tell you the truth. And I would encourage you just for your own objectivity to keep a good relationship to God and to those who represent God in your community and in your life. I believe this with all of my heart, all of my heart. I believe that everyone who carries, I believe this is for everybody, but, but today is law enforcement day. I, I believe that everyone who carries a badge needs a relationship to a pastor, to a chaplain, and to a church. You need some place where you can go, and it's not like what you see every day. You need someone that you can talk to who has this ability to help you to to reset the button. It's been my privilege to befriend many uh, police officers and sheriff's deputies and agents as well as police chiefs and and three uh, Leon County sheriffs. Consider them my friend. It's a good thing. I hope that they consider me their friend, but I also hope that they consider me, hey, that's Pastor Ray. If I just get sick of it and need to talk to somebody, I'll go talk to him. I can talk to him. He'll listen to me. He won't even tell me what to do. He'll just let me spout off. You need that. You need that kind of a relationship. You need for somebody to be in your life, a Christian circle, Again, I say that chaplain, a pastor. You need for somebody to help you to relate to God. And here's the last thing, and this is the most important thing that you need. You need a relationship with God. I realize that most, if not all of you, found your way to this service today, who found your way to your service today, have some belief system. You have some kind of a reverence for an almighty God. Chances are you wouldn't subject yourself to a Baptist preacher if you didn't. So you've got some kind of a relationship. However, you know plenty of people in your agency who do not see God as a reality. They are trying to do one of the hardest jobs in the world without a center point. They're trying to do one of the hardest jobs in the world without a point of reference that they can go back to and say, there's always God in my life. There's always Jesus. There's always someone that I can go to. There's always the Lord. The Bible says that there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The key to a successful life and a happy eternity is to do that before everyone is forced to do that to do that voluntarily. And to that end, as I bring this message to a close, I want to ask you about your personal relationship with God. There is a God who ordained your profession in life, but even more, that God gave you life itself. On Monday, I went to Jacksonville with Mrs. Ray. 
because we got word that our fourth grandchild, a little girl, was to be born. She was born on Tuesday. On Tuesday, that little life that God had given to her mom nine months earlier was revealed to all of us. She's a gift from God. Her name is Avery, and she's so lovely. Do you know that you're a gift from God? You may not be all that cute anymore, (laughs) but you still came from a God who gave you not only your calling, but a God who gave you your life. The only rational way to stand before the judgment that comes, and I know that every law enforcement person understands that those who do wrong will eventually face judgment. And the Bible says that we are all sinners and we've all come short of the glory of God. And here's the reality. The only way to stand before God with our sins is to have our case pled by the Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ the Lord. Judge Lane, there is a day when God the Father is the judge. And the one that, as we stand before the Lord, the one who's pled our case is Jesus Christ, who paid the price for all of our sin. And that's the only way to stand before the Lord someday. And how do you think God the Father sees us when Christ the Son is pleading our case? Well, here's the answer to that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Here's what I know about law officers. You know that judgment comes to those who break the law and are caught. God has told us, as I said, that we're all sinners And Jesus is your answer to a life that has broken the law of God. And God wants you to take advantage of that gift and to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and have eternal life. 